Let's bow our heads in prayer. Hallelujah, Lord, we come today celebrating your ascension, celebrating Mother's Day, celebrating your gifts to us. Lord, give us hearts open to you, ready to receive all that you would give us. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, I know that the ascension of our Lord is actually Thursday, right? But we don't have service on Thursday, so we're doing it today. And I don't know if you realize the 40 days for those men from Easter to Ascension Day had to be among the most amazing days ever experienced by anyone. Now I want you to think about the fact that just 40 days earlier, these men had been hiding. These men had been discouraged and depressed. One of their number had killed himself. All of them had failed. Their Lord, their Master, was dead. Buried in a tomb and buried with him were, they thought, all their hopes and all their dreams. After all, what good is a dead Messiah? How could someone put to death like a criminal possibly be the Savior? And then on a Sunday morning, Sorrow gave way to joy. Depression gave way to hope. Defeat gave way to victory. Word got back to them. Jesus is alive. And they didn't know what to believe. And then one by one throughout the day, people began to trickle in saying, I've seen him. And then that night, Jesus himself came and stood among them. And over the next 40 days, we know of at least 12 appearances. And that's because those are the ones that this Bible tells us about where Jesus appeared to his disciples. Today's, I wanted to say, is the last one, but I'm going to leave it to you. There's one more resurrection appearance. I'm going to see who on the way out of church can tell me what it is. One more after the ascension. But on this day, Jesus is together with the eleven. And he leads them out of Jerusalem. They go across what's called the Kidron Valley, past a place called Gethsemane, up 
to the top of a small hill or mount called the Mount of Olives. And the Bible tells us that there he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven right there before their eyes ascended into heaven, body and all. Before he left, he had one more sermon. He laid out for them. We, we heard it twice today. We heard it in the reading that Randy read. We heard it in the reading from Luke. He laid out for them God's plan for reaching the world. Here it is. This is what is written. Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name, beginning right here at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And then, having given them that huge task, he tells them where to begin. I am going to send you what my father has promised, he said. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. That's right. That's what's next. That's how God's work begins. Sit and wait. Now you, I don't know how that strikes you, but when I've got a busy day, when I've got a huge task in front of me, the last thing I want to do is sit and do nothing. I mean, I bet, I'm willing to bet the thing that, that, that goes out the door when you're in a hurry to get going with the work of the day, the one thing that gets skipped is probably prayer and a devotion time and sitting in God's presence. And yet that's exactly what Jesus tells us about how to begin. What's next? Stay in the city. Sit and wait. And I could have added and pray. See, there are, I think, three very good reasons why this is where our part in God's work always begins. And the first is this. Because it's God's work, it needs to be done God's way. Now, I'm going to give you two, two stories from Scripture that I think really illustrate this. One is of King David. King David was really earnest for God, and he wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant into the city of Jerusalem. And so he set up this huge processional and he placed the ark 
on a, on a cart with huge wheels, and he had a procession of 20,000 nobles that walked before the cart, and they started on the jury journey, and the cart, with its big wheels, hit a rut in the road, fell off to the side, the cart tilted, the ark started to slide off the cart, and a man named Uzzah, innocent enough, reaches out his hand to steady the ark, and the second he touches the ark, he falls over dead. And David's first reaction is to be furious. How could God do this? How could God ruin his plans? Well then, David, after he calmed down, kind of like us when we get angry, and after we calm down, he, he started to read the Bible. It's a good place to start. And he found out that, according to Scripture, the ark was never to be carried on a cart. It had rings on the side and poles for it. It was always to be carried by those poles by priests. And so now David tried again with the priests carrying the ark. And this time, every six steps, get this, it's a six-mile journey they were taking it on. Every six steps, they stopped and they slaughtered a bull in sacrifice to the Lord all the way into the city of Jerusalem. Now, I doubt that that would have been the way we would have done it. It certainly wasn't the way David would have done it. But it was God's way. Another story. This one from the Apostle Paul. He's in Asia Minor. He's on his second missionary journey. He's planting new churches and, and reaching new places with the gospel. And he's got this plan to go into a certain region where they had never gone before with the gospel. And we're not told how, but the book of Acts tells us that the Holy Spirit wouldn't let Paul go. Now, why would God not want Paul go to share the gospel in that place? Well, it turns out one night Paul has a dream and he sees a Macedonian man. And if you're wondering how he knew he was a Macedonian man, I imagine it's why how he was dressed. A man from Greece. And that guy beckons Paul to bring the gospel over to Greece. And so Paul gives up trying to go into the place where the Spirit wouldn't let him. And he heads over to Macedonia, to Greece, to places like Philippi and Athens and Corinth and Thessalonica. And he shares the gospel there. And while he's there, he meets a woman named Lydia who becomes a believer. Now, it just so happens that Lydia is from that region where the Holy Spirit wouldn't let Paul go. So God's plan, apparently, was that Lydia would bring the gospel there, not Paul. We sit and wait because God's plan needs to be done God's way. Well, because it's God's work, it also needs to be done in God's time. See, God's timing is always better than ours. I, I, got, I got another great story from Scripture for you for this. 
You know the story of Moses, 40 years old in the house of Pharaoh, seeing the condition of his people, thinking it's time to set them free. He sees, he sees an Egyptian mistreating a Hebrew and, and Moses steps in and he puts the Egyptian, kills the Egyptian and he thinks now the, the Hebrew people will love him. And the next day he sees two Hebrews arguing with each other and he tries to stop them and make peace and they turn on him. And, and suddenly Moses realizes it isn't time and the Egyptians are after him and the Hebrews don't want him. So he flees off into the Sinai and he lives there for 40 years as a shepherd. And while he's there, he meets his wife and he gets married and he has two boys. And 40 years later, God says from a burning bush, it's time. Go back to Egypt. Free my people. Now, this also works with the life of Jesus, right? You know that God sent His Son after centuries of promising Him at the perfect moment in world history. At the moment when the Romans governed the Western world, at the moment when they had roads, the best roads maybe that have ever been built throughout the Roman world, at a moment when those roads were guarded, at a moment when, when the, there was a, a time of peace unprecedented in the history of the Western world, even since that time, the Pax Romana, and a time when the Roman world, the entire area of Europe and around the, the Mediterranean spoke Greek as a common language, kind of the way people today throughout the world speak English. At that moment, when the time had fully come, at the perfect moment, God sent forth his son. Or even in the life of Jesus, how many times did Jesus say that his time had not yet come? Right? First, he had to do all his teaching and his miracles. First, he had to call his disciples and train them. And when all his work was done and everything was ready, right, what happened? Right? Then Jesus went to the cross. Then Jesus died on the cross. Then Jesus rose from the dead. In God's time. Now I know that there's been some impatience with the call process. And folks, you know, we've had two staff members leave and another retire and we should get moving and have this happen now. Folks, we need to think about what Jesus told us. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Things need to be done God's way in God's time. Third, God's work needs to be done by God's power. Uh, you know, you, you see all these books, right? Seven Steps to a Happy Marriage. 
10 things you should do to share your faith with a neighbor, five ways to improve your health. Obviously, those things sell because they're all over the place, right? We like those kinds of things. Even in the church, five things to do to fix your church and all that other stuff. And it's great and it's helpful except for one thing. Those things tell us what to do, but they have no ability to give us the power to do them. And on our own, we cannot build the kingdom of God. On our own, neither you or I can change anyone's heart. On our own, you and I cannot change the world for Christ. The disciples couldn't. And so Jesus tells them, before you go running out, sit and wait on me. You want to know who else did that? Jesus. You realize that that's how he saved the world. He set aside his power. Right? When they came to arrest him, he didn't put up a fight. He surrendered. When they lied about him, he didn't defend himself. He didn't, like he said he could have, he didn't call on 12 legions of angels to come and rescue him. No, it was when Jesus did nothing except hang on a cross and die that he saved the world. He put himself entirely in his Father's hands. And on the third day, his Father raised him to life again. His Father conquered sin and death. He counted on God's power, and by the power of His Father, His mission was accomplished. See, that's how it works. By faith, by His power, by His Spirit. Now, I always want to think for a moment about how this applies to fishers. I know that some are worried, the decision's already made, yada, yada, yada. Folks, the decision doesn't belong to us. It doesn't belong to the PLT, it doesn't belong to the call team, it doesn't belong to you or to me. This isn't a done deal until God calls somebody here or else doesn't call somebody here. It's His work. It's His decision. So if you want it, last week we had a great presentation. I think we did anyway. You want to know what comes next? We pray. That's what Wednesday is about. And as you gather names, pray that God would lead us to the right names. And as the district president looks over the list and adds names or takes them away, pray. And as the names come back and the call team seeks to narrow down the list, 
pray. And as people are maybe brought in for an interview, pray. And if the congregation decides to issue a call, pray. And if that person says yes, or if that person says no, pray. That's how things are done in the body of Christ. By prayer. By looking to him. I know it's counterintuitive. We think we've got to take matters into our own hands and make things happen. But folks, this is his church. You and I, we are his people. And so if you want to know what comes next, pray. And then pray some more. And then pray more after that. That's what he says to us. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Because this is an absolute truth. God's work done God's way in God's time by God's power will never fail. Amen? Amen. Now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.